Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. We're back. We're back. Hi, Holly. <laughs> season three. <laughs> yes, season three. What, episode 31, I think? Something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We ended, like, on a clean 30 episodes. We did. Yeah. And apologies for being gone. We needed a little bit of a break, um, but we used the break wisely. We we pre-recorded a lot of episodes so that we're not like stressing ourselves out every week. Uh, <laughs> it's hard being, you know, working and doing a podcast and all the things that we do. So, yeah, we stay busy. So, yeah. I'm not mad about the break. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I mean, we won't do like a full catch up, but, um, you know, we like to tell you what we're doing in our lives Yeah. We to a really fun. So I thought this was a cool idea. So we went to like a New Year's Eve Eve party, uh-huh. which takes the pressure off of like, you know, trying to figure out where you're going to be on New Year's Eve, because I like to be on my couch on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have like priorities and stuff, you know, so I thought it was very smart to do like a preliminary party and we did like a whole countdown and everything ahead of time and holly and i forgot that we're in our mid to upper 30s <laughs> yeah it was it a lot was, of fun though it was so much fun and i told derek like i felt so seen because i'm like you like i like to be at home on new year's eve but you know you still like it's not like i don't want to visit with people so mm-hmm. it was really cool to be able to do something to still celebrate but then have the opportunity to be home on new year's eve but i was like reminiscing about the party i had a friend come in town like a week later and i was telling her about it and i was like i you know i do drink at home i don't really go out and drink much like with people other than like close friends you know So I really forgot about that part of drinking where it's like, you, you know, you had conversations with people or maybe you've got people's numbers, you're texting them. And the next day you're like, oh my God, what did I say? What did I, (laughs) I forgot about that layer of a hangover. Like there's the physical part of the hangover, but there's also the mental part. And I was just like telling my friend, like some of the stuff. And I was like, God, I feel really horrible. And she was like, that is not horrible. And of course, like when you're younger, like when I was in college, oh my God. Yeah. It was so much worse. Like what happened on New Year's Eve, Eve was tame. Yeah. I'm just like, man, that is something that is not, I feel like it is not discussed enough. Like the mental part of it. I call it anxiety. 
I had, I had extreme anxiety and Wesley was not helping because he was like, give me a guilt trip because I was like, <laughs> I was in bed all day. And, you know, he was like, you're ruining our New Year's. I'm like, we're not doing anything anyway. It's the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I. It's like I had my hangover on New Year's Eve and I just like played video games ate like some food watched Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen on New Year's Eve and then by New Year's Day I was like ready to start like yeah for my resolutions I was ready to go it was actually quite fantastic yeah yeah (laughs) I was feeling mostly recovered by New Year's Day so yeah (laughs) yeah that was fun um yeah so one exciting announcement for me is that i'll be on a tv show um i'll be recording in march i don't know when my season will actually be live yet Um, but it's a tv show called the blocks b-l-o-x which i hadn't heard of until i applied to be on it but i saw like a instagram targeted ad saying like you know if you're an entrepreneur and you want you know to you know get exposure for your business or whatever you know sign up and the more i looked into it it was pretty cool because it's like there's a big educational piece of it you know so we talk a lot about like business lessons learned whenever we're doing these interviews you know and uh, every day and during the competition it's like a uh, i think it's like a five-day thing um there's like a, a seminar in the morning where you learn different business topics and then each day you have like pitches that you have to do for your business and it becomes like a competition. And so you're like, you know, trying to prove basically that you have the best business idea is kind of the the point of the, the contest. But a lot of it is being like business savvy and having business acumen, you know, because a lot of it is, is presenting your business, which yeah. I'm very good at. So I think I'll do well. Um, you know, presenting comes pretty naturally to me, but I'm excited about it. I think it'll be good exposure for the the studio, obviously, but it'll be really good to connect with, you know, other serious business owners, you know, like we do on here. Um, just keep growing that network, you know, and the educational piece should be cool because part of it is you have like, there's like judges there who are like, you know, successful in business. So they're kind of there as like mentors and also judges to choose the winners. So We'll see. I'll keep everyone updated. Uh, I'm excited to to do it, to get it over with, and then I don't, I'm excited to see whenever the whenever it'll air. So, so how many how many other businesses are on it? Do you know? She said there's going to be like about a hundred people in my season. Okay. Wow. Yeah, or like a hundred businesses, because some people go there as like a partnership, you know. Yeah. But okay. I'm going by myself. And then. I guess your filming duration depends on how long you stay on the show. No, everyone is on the show the whole time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You don't get voted off the island or anything. Uh, Yeah. It's just like each day there's like a scoring system, you know, like even if you don't win, like basically like after the seminar, you break off into small groups and then there's like a winner in the small group. And then at the end of the day, each small group winner competes in front of everyone and then there's a daily winner and then there's like a whole point system but you're still even no matter how the business or you does you're still all of the correct everything they have to offer okay cool yep yeah yeah and we're filming in tulsa oklahoma (laughs) wow where hansen is from oh my god that's funny (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, well, that gives it a little bit more cred. Um, it's going to be like in a big casino, like an event center in a casino, you know, so I don't actually plan on really leaving the casino. It's going to be very long days. Like the days started like 8 a.m. and ended like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. So. so is it on the weekends, the filming? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? No, it's, um, I want to say it's like a Tuesday through a Saturday. So that's all of it? All the filming is done in that time? Correct. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be like five really long days, but then it's done, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. It took, um, it went from like, I think like she said, over 5,000 people applied for my season and only 100 of us made it. So yeah, that's awesome. about that. Yeah, it was nice. It was like, because like I had to prove that my business was worth presenting right in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to know that my business model is a good idea, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. validation. I can totally see that. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited. Cool. I am like right now on day three of, I'm just calling it juicing. I I previously, I did this in 2022, which I honestly like didn't realize that I didn't do this at all last year in 2023. Yeah. Uh, I did it six times in 2022, three days of consecutive juicing. Um, I guess juice fasting because you're just drinking juice. Um, But I enjoyed it so much in 2022. I think. I stopped when I got my retail job because I just felt like that was not going to be. Yeah. I definitely could have done it. Um, I definitely like thinking about it. I know there were times when I was working the retail job that I was like, I could do, I could have done it, but I didn't. And it's fine. So, but now that I'm like fully in the swing of working from home at my nine to five job, that is one thing I wanted to get back to in 2024 was doing the once a month, three day juicing and, like it's crazy because I was just feeling so crazy off kilter with my eating and like my body after the holidays. Like I ate more meat over this holiday season than I have in the last five years. And like, I feel like my insides were a little bit like, what the fuck? Um, Sure. So I've now I'm like at the end of date, this third day so tomorrow I'll start eating again and I feel so much better and I'm just like excited like this may sound crazy but like I went back and was like reading through some of my journals from because I'm almost finished with like my current journal that I have so I was just flipping back and I had this same journal when I got laid off when I got my current job like I was reading the entries and it's like I really felt like my life was like taken from me when I got laid off. And so it's like, I had a whole year of just like, not my routine, not my normal schedule, like not my normal income, obviously Mm -hmm. not stuff I could do. And so even just being able to do something like buy juice and do three days of juicing, like it, I, I just feel so great. That's cool because it does yeah. not make me feel good, but <laughs> it's different for different people, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is like, that's why I don't want to call it a cleanse because I yeah. feel like that implies that like I'm trying to cleanse my body of something and I don't think my body needs to be cleansed. Um, 
I just think for me, I, I, now that I've done it several times, like I've learned that I really use the three days to focus on other things. Like, I feel like if you're somebody that cooks, like eats at home, cooks all of your meals, that takes so, for me, it takes so much time cooking, cleaning, mm-hmm. figuring out what I'm going to eat, ordering, you know, I order my groceries. So it's like, it's three days of not having to make any decisions about food. I don't have to clean. I don't have to do dishes, nothing. Yeah. And I feel like I have so much time to focus on other stuff, even if it's just resting. I also use that time to like revisit my relationship with food and the juice juicing in the past has made me realize that like I was not really taking my time to like eat food like I would just like scarf all my food down and like not just sit and have a moment and like that's why I bought like new bar stools for my island so I could actually sit and like have a meal and not sit in front of the tv like I was just just little things like that like it doesn't seem like a big deal but it really changes my day especially when you work from home and you kind of have to separate your time so i'm just excited um to like get back at it back on the juice back on the juice (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm drinking my juice as well (laughs) yes oh my god um work has been really crazy even even over the holidays it was crazy like i didn't really get much of a break um and then like recruiting is always really nuts in january it's like a recruiter's tax season yeah Um, but i've been trying to make time for reading you know um because i'm just obsessed i think i've talked about the books on here before um akatar is one of the popular series a court of thorns and roses um, but it's Sarah J. Moss is, or Mass Moss, whatever, is the author. And I finished the Akatar series and started Crescent City. So Akatar is like five books right now. It's not finished. Crescent City is two books. It's also not finished. There's a third one coming out in January. So I finished those two. And then I started her other series, which is Throne of Glass. So I'm on the first book of that one, waiting for the new Crescent City. So I'm just like, deep in this how is the first book that you're reading now how is it it's good it's kind of slow um so it was her first series so like throne of glass was her first series um but what makes it exciting is because i've read the other series and the one with only two books that has a third one coming out soon called crescent city that one is like the more recent one and like really starts connecting the different worlds and starts like showing you that she's been building like these interconnected worlds this whole time. Okay. And so I'm kind of glad I did it in the order that I did so that as I'm reading, I wouldn't say it's immature, but she like literally started the series I'm reading now whenever she was 16, like, you know. Oh, wow. Right. So it's like, it's just like a different level of, of authorship and reading. Um, but it's exciting knowing that I, I can, I'm learning more about like the lore behind it, which is really funny because it's like me and my friend are just like texting each other, just like novels back and forth about like all of our theories and shit. And I'm like, none of this is real, but it's just exciting. And it like, yeah, it's a nice escape, you know? I mean, that's why we watch sure. fantasy movies and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so it's it's been a fun journey, and I'm excited um, that she just keeps cranking shit out. She was like, I think they said like se- at least seven more books on contract or something. So like, it's not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, I love that, especially like when you find an author that has a lot of books. Like yes. you, you read one book that you like and then you look it up and you're like oh my god they have a dozen more books and then mm-hmm. if you have a friend that also reads the same stuff like that's always so fun I yeah what have you been reading so I I have always read a lot but I think this year I'm trying for 2024 I'm really trying to only allow myself to read books that I own because I I bought it <laughs> during the pandemic and I read a lot of library books, which is not a bad thing, but it's like, okay, I I probably have a hundred books on my shelf that I have not read. Wow. But that's going to sound really hypocritical because the first book of 2024 that I read was a book that I got from the library in 2023. And I just had, but it's a pretty new book and it's called Among the Bros. It's by a journalist named Max Marshall. And it is a fraternity. It's it's a true like investigative story about a fraternity crime ring that started at the College of Charleston in South Carolina. And this group of fraternity guys was busted, I believe, in 2016, 2017, around that time. And they were busted after a very long like secret investigation. Like the cops were kind of finding these drug dealers like one by one getting them to confess and share the larger web of like who was selling what because it was like the bus was like some 300,000 Xanax pills x amount pounds of weed a grenade launcher uh, assault rifles like just what? bricks of cocaine like crazy and there someone was murdered so it was just like this huge crime ring that's started in Charleston, but expanded to other states. And these dudes were making tens, tens of millions of dollars time and time and time again. They were laundering their money, burying cash in the ground. Like this book is so insane. I read it in like two sittings and it's, it was one of those books that like, I couldn't stop reading it, but it also freaked me out so much. A, because yeah. I was in a Southern sorority. They talk a ton about just Southern Greek life. And they talked a lot about fraternities at LSU because that is a huge Greek scene. And they talk about the hazing and LSU, unfortunately, has had multiple like fraternity members die from hazing over the years. And so a lot of it just hit home, like that whole frat culture that also sort of intertwines with drug culture because frat members tend to be white and they tend like white fraternity members tend to be white. I'm not talking about black fraternities. Yeah. Uh, and they also tend to be incredibly wealthy, privileged and entitled. Mm-hmm. And the journalist goes back in history to like most of the founding fathers were members of fraternities and like most members of current Congress and Senate are fraternity members. Mm. Both wealthy white men are members of fraternities and so it's like 
this whole like attitude of just like what comes with privilege. And a lot of the members of this drug ring did not go to prison. Only one person did. Wow. Which again, it's like that whole cycle, you know? So it was, it's such a good book. If you're interested in, you know, true crime, I really like, I've, I've always read a lot of like drug, like drug memoirs and stuff, but this was like a new, I have not read a lot of like fraternity literature and apparently there's a whole bunch and I'm like, oh man, I, I can't, I don't have any at my fingertips. I'm only reading what's on my bookshelf, but I'm like, man, that was some good stuff. It was creepy. I mean, it was creepy and like, you know, sick at points, but I found it fascinating. Well, I had other things to talk about, but I feel like we've talked enough. Did you have anything else that you want to share this time or? No, that's about it. Cool. Well, I'm excited about this week's guest. So first episode of season three is with an awesome guest. Um, You know her work a little bit better than me, Holly. So I'll let you introduce her. So this week we got to talk with Tiffany Brown, which really I think she's just known by her business name, you know, Wix Nola, which is Mm -hmm. a candle company out of New Orleans. And it's crazy because there's so many, you know, small businesses, small candle businesses, I feel. And Tiffany has not only been through so much stuff, but she has made it possible. Like her candles are set. They're, they're different. They're different than like all the other candles out there. Like, I feel like the, um, all of her candles have a wood wick, which if you're into that, like, I feel like once you start doing the wood wick, you love it. They come in such a beautiful vessel and all the scents are, I feel like she really hand selects the scents. Like she's just not out here producing like the standard scents that you see. And they all are named after New Orleans or Louisiana, like traditions or food or cities or streets. And I just think that's so cool. So when I reached out to her to be on the podcast, I was kind of not thinking she would accept just because Mm -hmm. she's so successful. She is has been like one of Oprah's favorite things, like been on that list. Um, She shares a story about Beyonce when we talked with her. I won't give it away, but like she has really had some huge accomplishments. So I just thought she is not even going to open this email about our little podcast. And so I was really honored that she did. And and she was really fun to talk to. She was. She's had some really big challenges too um, that she talks about and like devastating challenges that that we talked about in the, in the interview and hearing about her overcoming them and and keeping going and and not letting that you know get her off of her course was really inspiring so um it's definitely a great interview very entertaining but it's also a really inspiring interview um and she makes damn good candles so go get some Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you take away anything, buy a candle from Wix Nola because Derek and I both recently got some for the holidays and I, I love them. Like, and now that I know Tiffany more, uh, it just makes me excited to place another order because I know she's going to be on the receiving end of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about is supporting people that, Need your support. Don't go to, what is it, Bath and Body Works or whatever. 
Yeah, we talk about me and Tiffany both are (laughs) candle lovers. Of course, Tiffany is, but it was so fun to talk to someone that loves candles as much as I do. And we both talked about like how we used to go. Yeah. During that buy three, get three free or whatever the freak that sale is at Bath and Body freaking stock up. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Not no more. All right. Well, y'all enjoy. It's going to be a fun one. Welcome, Tiffany. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Well, well, thanks for hopping on. I I really appreciate it. Um, No, I appreciate you guys reaching out. Honestly, I do. Yeah, of course. I'm originally from Louisiana, from Baton Rouge. Are you? Okay. Yeah. And that's where Holly and I met because we both went to LSU. Holly's originally from Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So yeah, we're both very familiar with Louisiana. Holly, you lived in Louisiana. I mean, obviously during college and then. Yeah. It was was 12 years altogether. Yeah. Way Mm -hmm. more, way longer than I expected. It sucks you in. (laughs) (laughs) It does. The food, the food is usually with us. (laughs) It does. It's like, um, I used to do uh, pediatric office management before this and Okay. The doctor that I worked for, she was from New York, um, Buffalo, wow. and um, she came down for school. And when she came, she was like, I could not leave. Like, I got just so used to the culture here. And she was, of course, in New Orleans. She went to Tulane. But she was like, I just was in love with it. I fell in love with the city. Um, so she ended up relocating and she's been here ever since. So, Yeah. It's kind of infectious, you know, um, just the people and the, the food and everything else, the economy and other crime, not so much, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, other things. <laughs> if you can get past that, you know, it's a pretty decent place to live. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Awesome. Well, are you are you partaking in any beverages this evening since it is happy hour? Well, okay, so look, normally I am drinking. My husband got me um, a Bartesian. Have y'all heard of those? No, what's that? It's like a Keurig for alcoholics. Oh. <laughs> it like makes it like, Yes. So like, um, I actually have the subscription with Bartesian. So you order these little pods and they have like every drink that you could think of. Every like mixed drink from like a sidecar to different types of martinis and my ties and old fashions they have everything so you buy the pods and um it holds like four stations so there's one for rum there's a station for tequila <laughs> there's one for vodka and then the whiskey and gin i think kind of switch out so you can switch those out okay. and then you just put the pod in and the computer reads the the pod so it knows what liquor to pick um and then you press the button whether you want it weak mid or strong oh my god and you select it and it makes your drink right there on the spot i love it and if it's like a long island it'll pull from each one yeah make like the perfect drink (laughs) that's fantastic that is so good that'll be going on my christmas list next year yeah it was on my mother's day list (laughs) (laughs) i like the lemon drop Mm. Um, martini there's a whiskey sour that I really mm. like on there too um, the amaretta sour is another favorite of mine wow um, and then there's a mango martini 
mango Ooh, margarita oh. that I like. Oh, mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and my husband just got me the the advent calendar. They need an advent calendar, so it's like a surprise drink for the last like twelve days before Christmas. So every day you pull out um, this little thing, and there's like a drink hidden behind it, and then you pop it into your artesian, and you have the drink. And it's like reindeer, right? Martinis and Santa's meat punch and all kind of stuff like that. So I'm excited for. Um, those last 12 days so I can try those drinks. That so, is yeah. so fun. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. That's amazing. Yes, I love it. Well, we also love your candles, obviously. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Holly has been a customer, I think, for a while now. and Oh, thank you so much. Holly, how did you discover her candles? I, um, we talked a little bit about this with the previous guests, because we're always talking about, um, you know, if people are used to shopping big box, like what's a good entry point into small business, even though it should not be like that difficult, but you know how some people are. And for me, candles was the first, like, for whatever reason, I was like, why the heck am I buying like you know, we know what, where everyone is getting the big box candles from. And right, like, right. okay, I can pay the same price and get something from someone that's going to make a difference. And so I purposely look for small business, like candle makers, because I just feel like those are the better ones. And so it's like, I shift between, I, that's how I came across Wix Nola and it's like, mm-hmm. two, and then there's two other small candle makers that I'm like there. I mean, I've been shopping small candle, small business candles for probably the past four or five years. And it's like, there's just no way I can never go back now. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, like I'm always surprised when people find us or, you know, trying to figure out how people find us. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it became more of a purposeful thing for myself. Also, when I started to have my own business, to really try to find alternatives to shopping big box and realizing how much, you know, that sale or two helps, you know, a small mm-hmm. business. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, that money is going directly into the pocket of someone who is, you know, trying to raise a family or, um, mm-hmm. you know, supporting someone's dream. And that's just important for me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what exactly like spurred it for me, but I know I was just thinking like, gosh, like I'm spending, you know, bits of my, I'm like a huge candle junkie. Like it's. And I was too. That's how I yeah. started. So I'm like, <laughs> here I, I am spending this mm. money and like who, like Bath and Body Works or whoever, like Yankee Candle, like they don't give a damn about my dollar. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. That that was honestly my initial thought. And I was like, wait a second. But yeah, I um I'm so excited to we have some questions for you, but I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like um oh, even like the the names of your candles are so creative, which I love. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So how did you tell us like how did you decide to start and you know how does how does New Orleans like fit into this and why did you want to make it such an integral part of your business? Yeah, definitely. So I started off, um, <clears throat> I was an office manager, like I said, for a pediatric clinic. Um, and I've been doing that for years uh, between management and medical billing. 
um, for various physicians' offices and hospital systems. So I ventured off at one point and decided to start my own medical billing company. Um, it was named after the street that I live on, which is Greenwood. So I called it Greenwood Medical Billing. I was working out of my home. And I started off with like one client and he loved my work and started talking to his doctor friends about me. And um, there was some different changes going on with health insurance that a lot of doctors were having trouble getting their claims paid. <clears throat> but I really understood what was going on and was able to get a lot of business because I did understand the changes. So I was able to leave that job and I started the medical billing company, did that for like a year and a half. And though I loved it, it was just really hard to get paid from my doctors because I would invoice them at the end of the month once they would get paid. And it just comes to like every time at the end of the month, they didn't have the money, but they had the money to do everything else. But when it was time to pay me, it was like all of a sudden, oh, we, we have this going on and we have that going on. So it just became a point to where I had like took on employees at that point. I had a whole team and every month I found myself having to make sure I paid my people, but I was not paying myself. Um, yeah. So, you know, my bills started to suffer. My credit began to suffer because I was just kind of taking care of myself as I got money. And just after a while, I was just like tired of having to run behind people to get paid. So I ended up calling my doctor back that I used to work for and I asked her, could I come back to work? Of course, she was like, I w wish you would come back. Please come back. <laughs> so I closed the medical building business and went back to my nine to five. And though I loved it, I actually missed the freedom of having my own business because I was able to, you know, kind of come and go as I want. I was able to schedule appointments when I needed to. And I just missed being able to work for myself. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what else could I do? What could I venture out to do? And I've always had a love for candles and smells, any type of perfume, soap. Um, I was one of those people that was at the big box stores when they would have that semi-annual sale. And <laughs> I would leave with like a crate full of candles. And yeah. I love making candles. So I was like, I'm going to start making candles. It's kind of what I told myself. But even like a year after, I still don't think I really did anything with it. You know, we just have those things we write down in a notebook and then we put it to the side and we just never go back to it. Um, but just after continuing to work my job, I was like, you know what? I'm really going to step out and do this. So one holiday I was sitting here with my family and I was like, I had this neat idea. I want to do candles, but I want to center them around the city of New Orleans. So my sisters and my family kind of sat around and we started coming up with different names and um, I didn't want to just name scents different things. I wanted them to actually correlate with why I was naming the scent. And so the first candle I came up with was called the Big Easy. And mm -hmm. I wanted it to be something that meant like relaxation and stress-free because that's how the city of New Orleans got that name because we're just so laid back. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do a eucalyptus spearmint candle because I know that's like a stress relief. That's like a relaxation type scent. So that was like the first one that I came up with and just started coming out with different names of different attractions around the city and things like that. And then I think I started off with like five candles in the beginning. And that's kind of how I started it. That's amazing. Yeah. You you had so many candles to choose from. It's like, <laughs> yes, I've been trying. I actually just downsized because <laughs> I had like, you? <laughs> I gotten up to like. 65 different scents. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, it was just, and people 
the way people are here in New Orleans, and I don't know if y'all have been here, people are very proud of where they come from. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. if I would have a candle, say, that's called Baton Rouge, then the people that live in Covington, well, where's the Covington candle? We want a right, candle that right. represents our city. Oh, yeah. well, we need a West Bank candle. We need a Ninth Ward candle. We need an Uptown right. candle. So I had to continue to like keep making sense to accommodate all of my customers, but it was putting me in a bind because now I have 65 different scents that I have to try to keep up with. Um, and it was just making inventory and things like that impossible. Yeah, but so I, I had to downsize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just way too much. Just way too much. I don't blame you. I'm really excited. So I bought the the champagne one, the Veuve Clicquot candle. I'm so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's for my mom. So she, my mom is a Okay, big okay. Fan. I did see you say yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she loves yeah. Like, clean, crisp smells. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be so perfect. She's going to love it. Yeah, so. that, that candle does. It smells really, really good. Yeah, I can't wait. That was that was a very cool concept. And that's one of our favorite champagnes too. So I was like, that's perfect. Good. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Well, we've been talking about, you know, competing with other bigger stores, but I mean, also other small, I feel like there's so many candle places to choose from. So I'm just curious about how are you, how do you navigate this? Like, I'm assuming it's just a saturated market. It is very. And I think um, it was saturated before, but once COVID happened, mm-hmm. that was because so many people were home and it was like the start of entrepreneurship and side hustles. Like COVID brought out so many candle makers and People were baking and all these different things, you know, because people had nothing but time and needed something to either occupy their time or they were trying to make extra money. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of Facebook groups that I'm in online, Facebook and Instagram groups. And it's like every day they were like introducing 10 more people to the group, introducing oh five more people to the group. It's like every day. And I'm like, oh, my God, like how many people are going to make candles? But I think when it comes to candle making, the thing to do is just to kind of set yourself apart, whether it be with the niche that you use to um, categorize your scents. You know, I see a lot of people that'll have like a strawberry candle and they just call it strawberry, mm-hmm. but it's not interesting to anybody. It's not going to make people want to pick it up because they smelled strawberry before. But if you name it like my boyfriend's something, something, you know, something that's going to actually relate to people and it's going to catch people's attention. I've had people sometimes that'll buy a candle just because of the name. They don't even smell it. They just buy it because the name, you know, resonates with them in some way. So I think it's just about making your brand stand out, whether it be the names of the scents or your packaging, making it be something that actually just, like I said, resonates with people. It makes people want to purchase a product and it draws them in. Yeah. I mean, we all saw how many people purchased that candle from um what's her face goop who made like the vagina yes <laughs> yes yes and i mean nobody's really interested in smelling Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina but <laughs> it was a it was a good concept right and, and i mean some people may but you know yeah um, I, I think feel it was like just a really good concept you know well yeah people wanted that in their home to be like oh my god i got the vagina candle <laughs> right i got the vagina candle right i mean and she made a ton of money off of it you know so yeah, I think it's just about that and, you know, 
doing things that people actually um, you know, get interested in. It's just the shock value of it a lot of times too. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think even with that, it still has to be a good product to, you know, make the longevity. Um, because people may buy it this one time because you have the shock value, but if it's not a good candle, they're not going to come back, you know? So yeah, it's just about making sure you have a quality product as well. Yeah. I feel like a scent is also so personal. Like once someone finds like that, that scent that they want, whether it is a candle or a perfume or something like they're going to keep getting it. Right. Right. Yeah. I had a lady one time, I have a candle, we called it um, pineapple big shot. And the pineapple big shot is a big, like new Orleans. It's like a soda. Um, Mm. and um, people here love Big Shot sodas and I had a lady one time that said her brother had passed um, passed away and his favorite drink was the pineapple Big Shots so she brought those and she said every time she burns it she would just start crying because it made her think of him so much and she just sent me like an email you know just to tell me that story and it's like it really touched me but it's just to speak to the power um, Mm -hmm. that scent does have you know it really does evoke memories and you know things like that it makes you think about places and people and it really is just a powerful tool it really is i I, in grad school i had a a marketing class where i actually did like read a book and a presentation all about Mm -hmm. sense yeah and it is i mean it's it's very powerful just like all the the avenues it takes our brains you know right right Tiffany, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you used to have a storefront and then a hurricane messed that up for you, right? Correct. That is correct. I started, um, I got my first storefront in 2020. We moved into that space in December of 2020. So we were going to plan to open right before the Christmas holiday. So we opened and then the following August, July or August, Hurricane Ida hit the city of New Orleans and we were actually in Kenner, which is where the airport is when you fly into New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that area was hit really bad. And we were in an older building. So um, it didn't flood as much as the wind damage. So mm-hmm. it pr- pretty much knocked the roof off of the place. And the, the owner there, she was in her 80s, I want to say. Oh, and um, she's just like, look, I bought this property with my husband. He's passed away. I really just don't want to deal with it anymore. So I'm just going to sell the building. So it was like myself and maybe 12 other business owners in that space that were left without a building, you know, um, in the midst of dealing with a major hurricane. So um, I decided that I was just going to go back to working from home in my kitchen, which is what I had been doing in the very beginning. Um, But I really just had a desire to move um, into this area in New Orleans on Magazine Street. Um, really prominent shopping area. A lot mm-hmm. of tourists come through there, um, but the rent is like crazy, crazy expensive. Yeah. Um, but we actually were able to pull it off and two months later, moved into like my dream location on Magazine Street. And then four months later, we had an electrical fire. Oh my God. And I lost the space. Yes, so I lost that space as well. So within a year and a half, I lost two storefront locations. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. 
how did you like were you sitting there thinking oh my god what is the universe telling me like why why is this happening I did like, I mean honestly the the very when they called me it was like maybe like five maybe five six o'clock that morning when the fire department called and I saw the I think the message must have come up on my phone but I, I didn't really pay attention because it was like early in the morning and I didn't answer and um, so when I woke up, I had a voicemail and I checked the voicemail and it was actually um, the way the building was set up. Our storefront was on the bottom floor, but there were like four apartments that were on top of our storefront. Oh, so wow. it was one of the people that lived in the apartment up top that called me saying basically like your store is on fire. And it was like my worst nightmare come true. Um, yeah, I just like jumped up, you know, and got down there as fast as I could. She was like, I have a video. I'm going to send you the video. Um, and it's like when the fire department got there to extinguish the fire, I don't think they realized that it was a candle shop. So they put water on the fire and it was like basically throwing water on a grease fire oh, because wow. it just yeah. really just caused everything to just like go up. You could even see like the flames traveling across the ceiling and out of the front door as soon oh. as the water hit oh my God. the fire. So yeah. And then the thing that sucked the most about it was we moved into the space right after a hurricane so right. no insurance company would write us a policy in the state of louisiana right after a catastrophic event so we didn't even have insurance oh, oh so that just made it even worse yeah damn tiffany i'm sorry That's crazy. <laughs> yes it is i i've i think probably for the first six months i think i was like in a depression that I didn't even yeah. realize because I was so bogged yeah. down with just trying to continue to work and you know keep things going because at this point I left my job when I yeah. opened the second location <clears throat> during the first location I was still working full-time and running that store mm. but when I opened this store I was like okay I'm going to actually leave my job this is going to be my primary income and we were doing really well for that first four months um, but then I was left with no store no job and, you know, I still had bills to pay. So it's like, I really, at one point doubted, was I really supposed to be doing this, you know? So what was the, what was the turning point for you? Or did you just plug along and, and keep it going? I think I just kind of plugged along for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but I am, I would say, I would say I'm one of those people that's not big religious, but I am very faith driven. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in church every week, you know, and um, those things. But I do feel like I do have a relationship with God. And I believe that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I feel like I was working in my purpose. And I just mm -hmm. felt like it was a stumbling block. And it was a test of my faith to see if I would really believe that what he told me and what he promised me was going to happen. And <clears throat> like I said, I think the first six months, I couldn't even speak about it. I would start mm -hmm. crying, you know, just talking about it because I felt let down. I felt like I had like put my all into something. And, you know, like you said, as a small business, a lot of times you're funding your dream with your own money. You know, I didn't have a bunch of loans or anything like that. I was really working off of savings and just day to day, you know, profits that I was making. Um, but I did still have online mm -hmm. and I had a just wonderful community of people who loved me and loved my business and people like poured into me like they never did before. People were just very supportive. 
Um, a lot of my customers were making sure that they were buying. Um, I had people that had stores that would reach out to me and say, hey, you can come here and set up, um, you know, sell your candles. And like I said, I did still have online. So yeah, I think yeah. it was just, you know, being able to have, you know, a lot of people in my corner that were really rooting for me that made me feel like I could not give up. Like I just, I couldn't. Well, that's a silver lining for sure. Honestly, the reason Derek and I started this podcast is because we feel like people don't support small businesses enough. So mm-hmm. your story is is really nice because um, that's how it should be. It should be. It should. Yeah. So are you still making the candles out of your house right now? I am. I am. It, it's gotten to a place now. <laughs> I didn't see it before, but like I said, my rent was like so expensive um, during that time. And I've talked to like a lot of my neighbors that are in that same area. Some who said like, after we left, like business for a lot of people just like went down and people were like struggling to pay rent and struggling to stay open. I have friends now that have businesses that have spaces that have had to close down yeah. um, because people just aren't shopping. And I think after the COVID, just the way people operate as a whole has changed. Like even myself, I don't, I hardly ever go to the grocery store. Yeah, pretty same. much Instacart and Walmart delivery, pretty much everything, you know? So I kind of changed the way that I started looking at my business. And I was like, I'm not going to put myself in a position to have this huge overhead that I'm trying to make sure that I can make every month. If I'm able to still do well and mm-hmm. sell my candles online, why even worry about a space if I can, you know, um, still do the same business that I was doing before. And it has really worked. There was a huge heat wave over the summer. So people mm-hmm. were just not coming outside. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was just way too hot to shop. Um, so like I said, a lot of people just chose to stay home. Uh, they were doing things differently. So um, I've really thrived during this time. And actually, we're actually doing probably as well as we were before all of this. Um, I've managed to try to pivot and I've gotten a lot more corporate clients now. I hooked up with the tourism department here. So we're getting like a lot of people that are coming in town for conferences that are looking for, uh, corporate gifting things, um, people that are looking for like wedding favors. And then starting in January, I started doing mobile candle making classes where I take my entire setup. And I come to your home or school or office location and we do a whole candle making party that has games and prizes and you get to make your own candle and room and linen spray. So those have been really, really good. So it's just been a a matter of just trying to pivot and find a new way to do things. That's so fun. I'm glad to hear that you were able to pivot. Um, Yeah. I mean, it is it, like COVID really did shift a lot of things. I started my business it did. COVID and I was like, it's got to be COVID proof. You know, it's, uh, that's why my, <laughs> right, right. my yoga studio is all online because I was like, you know, I can I can safeguard from that. You know, a studio space is scary with the overhead like like you were dealing with. And then obviously there's complications there. Plus, uh, right. so many variables. Like if it's raining out, if it's too right. hot, the store hours, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are. And, you know, like when you're starting a business, you know, there's not really a team. It's pretty much you. And you're pretty much having to be at that store or that location from open to close pretty much every day. And it's a lot. You know, um, 
my kids are older now, but especially when we first started, you know, they were still in school. And I think that's a lot of what people don't speak to as far as even that part of being an entrepreneur, you know, and a female entrepreneur, because you're still expected to be wife and mom and sister and best friends to all of these different people while trying to run a business. And it's a lot, you know, you're sacrificing time with your spouse, time with your kids. You're away from home a lot of times, you know, just your own mental health and things that you deal with that unless you built like this network of friends, you don't really have an outlet because after a while, your spouse gets tired of hearing you complain about, <laughs> complain about you know, the same things over and over every day, you know? So it's like, you find yourself just kind of holding on to stuff, but it's a lot. It's, it's, it's scary some days and, you know, when it's good, it's great. But when it's not so good, just trying to keep going and hoping that some point it's going to turn over and you may have a month you do great. And then the next month it's, crazy like ridiculously low and it's just an up and down of emotions and all kinds of things but uh, you know I wouldn't have any other way I'm not going back to nobody's job (laughs) 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 I'm not going back to anybody's nine to five like I said I will do whatever I need to do to make sure this works that's awesome I love it if um so like I mentioned that my my office um that I work out of and I go there periodically is in Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, if we wanted to do some kind of like candle making event at the office, is that too far for you to travel or? It is not. I've done okay. Covington actually. I've done Baton Rouge. Okay. Um, I just recently got a call about Jackson, Mississippi. So um, I am branching out and I think a yoga candle making class would be nice too. <laughs> like, that would that, be a good no, I think that would be really nice. That big, easy candle would be perfect with yoga yes yes, yes. candle with the yoga yeah yes and i actually have one called namaste in nola oh yeah you do do. do. yes Mm -hmm. oh that would be so cute yes all right that would be fun we'll talk later (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) that's such an interesting thing that i didn't even think of is like wedding like wedding favors which that's such a like better wedding favor than I've ever seen. I feel like people buy all of this crap from China. No offense. Because right. yeah. like, I don't like, even use like cozies or cozies or whatever you call it. <laughs> right. Like put your beer in. I like, I don't even use that stuff. And half the time I come home, it, it ends up in a drawer. So yeah, it's right. like, why not get something that people are going to actually use, you know, and we personalize them and put the wedding date and whatever it is that they want on them. And, it's like a little four ounce travel size candle um, that you can take with you to hotels, Airbnb, or, you know, different little things like that. So people love those and they've been really, really good, like gifts. I'm actually doing some for like a real estate um, broker now for her to hand out to her, her customers and things like that. So those have been really good. I saw that you were selected for the Urban League of Louisiana's Black Women in Retail Accelerator program. Yes. Um, I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about that. Like what, what did it entail? Like, how did it help you? I'm assuming it did. It did. We actually just had our graduation the week before Thanksgiving, but even after that, they still offer you like a lot of assistance and aid. They had us like every week we had these different meetings with different experts in, um, retail. So there were people with the, um, like certification to get your business certified. 
Um, we spoke with people who worked at some of the bigger brands like Walmart, Macy's, um, speaking to us about what we needed to get our products ready to be in stores. Um, they speak to us about sourcing vendors and um, just kind of letting us know what these bigger stores are going to expect from us as far as labeling our products, what they have to say. Um, mm -hmm. Just It was just a lot of really, really good information as far as marketing our products and just making sure we were on the path to get ready for those type of things. Because a lot of times, you know, you have aspirations to be in a Target or be in a Macy's, but you don't really know what all it entails and how, you know, you have to be ready. If they say they need five or six pallets of something, yeah, you have to be ready to produce that. And if you are making products out of home, more than likely that's not going to be possible. You know, so it really made me take a step back and think, okay, I have to really evaluate some things because I thought I was ready, but I'm really not, you know, as far as making sure that you have a team and resources and even finances. Um, they talk to us about like our suppliers and making sure that we have more than one supplier of um, materials because if one can't get it, you know, like COVID showed us that um, if you, you can't get it from one person, you have to be able to have backups because those companies don't want to hear that you can't fill an invoice when they come to you because you'll lose the contract. You know, so it was just a really lot of good, helpful information um, that they shared. And I was really, really grateful for it. Wow, that's fascinating. I feel like the only information I know is from watching Shark Tank or other entrepreneurs that I follow. <laughs> oh, look, I love Shark Tank. That's like one of my... <laughs> yeah, I follow... I love Shark Tank. I follow Ali Bonaire on Instagram. She is the co the founder of um, Granola Butter, Oat House Granola Butter. Okay. She's always sharing information, like insider information, at, similar to what you're saying. And that is mm -hmm. that was the biggest thing. They got a contract with Target um, a few months ago. And she she said the exact thing. She's like, this, it's her and two other people. And she's like, we have to make... 5,000 jars of granola butter Jeez. in 24 hours. Watch us do it. And it's like, she's literally in there with a hairnet making this granola butter. And like, she will say like, please don't take this as not being grateful. But I thought, I thought us being in target was going to be the end all be all. And like, we went and saw it on the shelves, but like, we now have to go make 20,000 more jars of this stuff. Jesus. And it's like, you just don't think about that, you know? You don't. It's like, it's a good problem to have, but yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the pressure of like, it being, is. you know, because, and then once you get it on shelves, we have a previous guest that just got their product into Total Wine. And he's like, FYI, we have zero sales team. It's him and his wife. And he's like, if we don't get people to buy it off the shelves, that's it. Yeah. So, that's the other yeah. thing it's that is and it's like you said like it, it may not move you may get into a big box and your product is sitting like, yeah so it's it's scary you know it, it's it's way different than you having your you know few customers that you have locally you know um and now you're trying to sell your product on a national level to people who've never heard of you you know and in, in things like that you're always competing against a bigger more powerful brand you know, and trying to make sure that your brand can stand out. We um actually had a meeting with Macy's last week, and that's what the lady from Macy's was telling us. They offer like a program where you can sign up to do like a, it's like a six-week course 
And then I think the last week they actually bring you to New York and you get to go to Macy's um, headquarters and they just teach you about um, getting your products into stores and getting you ready to be on the shelf. But she said like the best thing to do right now is just go to a Macy's locally and mm-hmm. look at what products are on the shelf that are in your, that are your competition. Mm-hmm. Like look at your product next to those products and say, what is going to make people pick up my product instead of these other products mm-hmm. who are established and have been here? You know, like, what do I need to do to improve my product? Look at the packaging, look at, you know, all those things, you know, um, just to see what you can do to compete. And, you know, you just feeling like you're just, one-on-one is not enough. You have to really know what makes your product stand out and why should Macy's or whomever carry your product mm-hmm. and be able to explain that, you know, yeah, in a way I, that makes people want to take a chance on you. I'm curious about, you know, because I feel like your label and the overall look of your candles is on that designer, like luxury level, which mm-hmm. I feel like is what helps set, set it apart. But I'm curious, like how you came up with like your label design and and did you get feedback? Like, is that something that would change if you were to go into a a big store? Yeah, I I think if you go back to like when I very, when I first started, I was just telling someone this the other day, like my jar I was getting from Dollar Tree and it Mm -hmm. was a a jar that I found at Dollar Tree that I liked. And I had these like um, craft, like the brown labels that I was printing with my home printer, um, <laughs> you know, that I was putting on there. And I thought it was the best thing in the world. And I look back at those pictures and I'm like, that is a mess. That is a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I thought at that time it was like so nice. And, you know, I wanted to be this luxury brand, but my candles were far from that, you know, but it's like growth just over time. I think yeah. probably every year I've changed something in my packaging. I've either yeah. changed my jar I've changed my label. I've changed the type of paper that I'm using for my label. Like every year it's just evolving and growing until you get to a place where now your brand is so well known. You can't really mess with it because people identify it by what it looks like. So then, you know, you get to that place where it it just has to be what it is. But um, I just introduced like paper tubes. So now my jar is coming to this paper tube. Like, so it's like every year I'm, I'm doing something to put myself on the level with uh, Diptyque or uh, Lalabo yeah. or, you know, one of these nicer brands who has the the marketing budget, you know, to be able to order 5,000 sleeves of labels, you know, because I, I can't do that. So I'm, I'm still here making my own labels and taking courses on Canva to, you know, figure out <laughs> design and, yeah. <laughs> you know, doing all those, all the things, you know, it's just part of that journey. And, um, it's like you just never stop learning when it comes to this. It's it's like a continuous education and evolution. And but I, I thank you for that. I really have tried to really work hard. People are always like, "Oh, you print your labels yourself? You do this yourself?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is a lot, <laughs> but I do do it yeah. myself." But I'm hoping to get to a place soon where I'm not. Like I've given myself like a three year plan. I'm 47. So I'll be 50 in three years. So I said, by the time I make 50, I do not want to be this hands-on with my business. I don't want to still be standing up making candles. I want to be more on the administrative side and I have a team to do this. So that's kind of what I've 
put in place right now um, for myself is a three-year goal to um, get things, you know, differently so I can kind of sit back and just watch from the sidelines, <laughs> watch it grow from the sidelines. Because I'm getting older and I'm tired. My feet hurt. And... <laughs> I'm We're tired of working here. this hard. <laughs> we can already relate, so I can only imagine. <laughs> Okay, so this is definitely switching gears, but if I understand correctly from Instagram, you delivered candles to Beyonce's dressing room. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, the crazy part about it is Beyonce had this um, thing she was doing called a Black Parade, where she was giving um, $10,000 scholarships and grants to like small business owners who were affected by COVID or affected by wow. some, you know, issue or something like that. So um, I'd applied for it like earlier this year and I never heard anything back from it. So I just assumed, you know, maybe they picked some other people. Well, um, Essence Festival was coming into town and um, they were actually having the um, ceremony for the awards for the people that won the, the grant that same day. Um, and so I ended up getting an email from them like two days before saying, hey, we're inviting you to this. It's a secret location. You're not gonna find out where it's gonna be until the day of. You have 24 hours to respond whether or not you're gonna make it or not, but you have a chance to actually, you're, you've been considered for the $10,000 grant. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll be there. Like, whatever I gotta <laughs> do, I will be there. So um, the day of, we got like this reservation. It was like at this hotel downtown and um, we showed up. I mean, the room was just gorgeous. They just, it was like something out of a dream, like head to toe crystal. And it was like just beautiful posters of Beyonce all over the place. And they fed us like lunch and there was entertainment and all kinds of stuff. So they basically told us that they had selected 10 people that were in the room to win the $10,000 grant. But wow. it had to be like a hundred of us there. Some people like were from Houston, um, you know, New Orleans, Mississippi, things like that. So I was just sitting there like, oh my God, if I win this, uh, this $10,000, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I was like the third person they called. Um, and it's like she, the lady that was doing it, she was just like, um, this business owner and she gives like a little synopsis of what you went through. And as she started saying my thing, she was like, Oh my God, this poor girl, she has been through it. And when she said that, I was like, Oh my God, I think she's talking about me. <laughs> and she was like, she has, she has experienced loss like no other. I was like, Oh my God, I think that's me. And she just was like, the next uh, grant recipient is Tiffany Brown from Wix Nola. Y'all, when I tell y'all, I could not even move. I just like started oh, crying like, in my seat. I just like started crying. And it was just like, in my mind, I was like, I know that God did not leave me. It was like, I knew like that. It's like, it was like confirmation that he was like, I'm going to take care of you. I got you, girl. Like I told you, I got you. And that's just kind of how I felt when I, I, I just got up and I just walked up there and I was just crying and crying. And, um, she was like, you know, you guys are looking at all these people that are getting these grants and y'all are wondering why they're so emotional, why they start crying. She was like, but you don't know, you know, a lot of these business owners, 
they were on the verge of losing their houses. A lot mm-hmm. of these business owners were on the verge of their businesses closing. Some of these people can't pay their kids tuition for school. Like, you know, and it was like, we were all standing up there talking and a lot of us had the same story. Like, yeah, a lot of us were on the verge, like that money meant everything to a lot of us. So that was so exciting. So on the way from leaving from that ceremony, I got a call saying, hey, we're doing, um, setting up for Beyonce's concert and she needs musk scented candles. Can you help us with that? I was like, uh, yeah, of course I can. Uh, let me put of on my shoes right now. Look, girl, let me tell you, I was like, uh, I have to get home and I will go home and I will get some stuff and I will come back. I was like, she could have musk. She could have whatever she wants. So I put together this little gift box of stuff. I was like, I have a once in a life opportunity for Beyonce to try my products. I'm giving her everything. So I made her a box with candles and sprays and oils and all kinds of stuff and just put it in a box and I was able to bring it back down. Um, so I didn't get to go in her dressing room, but they did send me pictures um, the next day of like the candle burning in her dressing room and oh, wow. the little gift box that I sent to her. So I was so excited for that. So what candle is it? Because we all need to buy the Beyonce candle. So I gave her two, but she opted to burn Voodoo Spell. Oh, so that's that, the one that she picked. Was that seems spell. very fitting. Yes. Yes. So I was excited. That was just like crazy, crazy, crazy. That is so cool. That is. I love that. And then last week, I actually was um, featured in a Google ad. Yes. Um, uh, for, with Kiki Palmer's. With Kiki yeah. Palmer. Yes, yes. Yes. I was so excited about that, too. And they reached out and was like, you know, you can send in your product. There's no guarantee that you'll be selected, but we'll pack it up and send it back to you if not. Um, so I ended up getting the package back to me. So I was like, I wonder if they picked me. I don't know if they did. Oh. And I could see, like, they told me, like, you have to send in the product and you have to send us four of everything that you send. So I could see that they had opened some of the stuff, but some of the stuff had not even been touched. So I was like, I don't know if they picked it or if they didn't. And then, like, the week of Black Friday, they sent us an email saying, hey, we're going to feature the ad on Monday morning at 9 a.m. It's going to be a press release. You can't post or say anything about it until then. You know, and they give you all these little hashtags that you have to use and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really excited about that, too. So that was just a wonderful opportunity um, that we got to participate in as well. Just like yeah, once that, in a lifetime stuff. You know? That ad is so cool. It's very moving watching it. Just it was. It like, was. With the music. I was like, wow, this is so like, cause I saw it on your Instagram and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, wow. Like y- you are just, you're having, so you're finally getting your luck back. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. That's what I said. Too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was like, yes, I finally feel like it's turning around and it's, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm like you, I don't really consider myself religious, but, and I do think everything is a sign in some sense, but you had straight up biblical catastrophes you had water no (laughs) what girl you know i never thought about like that earth shattering biblical obstacles here you are right finally you got beyonce which i think we can also say is biblical (laughs) (laughs) i know right (laughs) right 
That's crazy. I never thought about it like that, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I always just feel like acts of nature in the world, like obviously signs from things people say or a penny on the ground or whatever things like that are one thing. But and I'm I feel like very, I'm very big in that too. Are like, there's a different force behind them, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting because yeah. like I just had, so like I just got back from visiting a friend in Portland and I got a tattoo while I was there. And mm-hmm. like I, I love tattoos, but I this was only like my third tattoo because I could never decide what I wanted. And so I right. did I did a tarot card reading. This so like they this this tattoo shop does like a tarot card reading and then they design your tattoo based on your reading, which really yeah. And so I was like amazing because I love like tarot and stuff like that. And I was like, if I don't have to choose what the tattoo is, and they like kind of designed it around my reading and my preferences that sounds mm-hmm. and my reading was the first card that came out was um the ten of cups which is like one of the best cards you can get like it's like all about okay. like your dreams being fulfilled and that kind of stuff you know and then the card that came after that was the tower which is like this huge dramatic thing that happens in your life that's standing in your way of getting to your mm-hmm. dream gotcha so they designed my tattoo around like you know protection and like the dream coming to fruition but building protection into it because like i need to be protected during this time of population mm-hmm. right so i feel like that's that is kind of the test right we got to get through whatever barriers in the way to to prove that like this is our mission and that we're worthy of getting there right right and to get to that right yeah right. Yeah. So, so what does it look like? Do you? Have a- <laughs> I'll send you a picture. It, it, so it's okay. Yes, yeah, send me a picture. <laughs> so it ended up being like a. I think I'm saying this correctly. A chrysanthemum, which is a flower. It's kind of like a lotus, right. but it's like a chrysanthemum that's opening up, and then the tarot reader designs like she calls them sigils, and so it's like this sigil that's like above the chrysanthemum. So the chrysanthemum's okay. opening up to the sigil. So like it's like opening up to possibilities of what okay. may come and then there's like the protective sigil at the top um it's really cute i'll send it to you okay yeah i want to see <laughs> you can't tell us that story and not let us see it yes. there you go but yeah, yeah just send me a picture <laughs> we'll post it on our instagram too whenever this comes out <laughs> okay <laughs> um okay i know where we've almost kept you too long but I do want to talk about the scents because obviously we're talking about candles I'm curious you know since since you are an online business I am a little curious about obviously you have descriptions of the scents and I'm Mm -hmm. curious if like is that like a barrier at all or do you think the descriptions get you know get people to get the correct scent and then I'm also curious about if you have a favorite or what's the best seller Yes, I, I do feel like it's a barrier. Um, you have your candle like pores that I will call them that <laughs> no sense based on descriptions. Mm-hmm. Like you have those people that know candles. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I know what I like. Um, you know, you like certain things. You like certain notes. You know what it is. You can go straight to that. You find what you like. You know. But then there are some people that just like candles. And they don't really know what they like. They don't know certain flowers or certain 
woods or they just know that it's certain scents that they like and sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. So it's like to see a scent description is not giving them enough. They need to smell it. They need it in their face. Um, so I felt like that was a lot of the reason that I actually opened the store in the first place because yeah. honestly, we were doing really well online during COVID because I opened during COVID. Um, people were at home. People wanted their space to feel and smell nice. So during COVID, while a lot of people were going under, we actually thrived during COVID. Yeah. So I really only opened the space because I had, I would get people that said, oh, I see this scent on your website, but I don't really know what it smells like. I need to smell it. So I felt like I needed to have a space where people could actually come in and experience the scent um, fully. And like I said, it was a great thing at the time, but I really have been working on other ways to be able to deliver that. Um, so right now I'm working with um, a company that does like the perfume samples. Like when you go into the store and they give you the sample or like it's in the magazine and you peel Ooh, it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm working now on getting some things like that done, which is another reason why right. I decreased the amount of sense that I have. Because it's it's just ridiculous when you have so many, you're trying to do it with so much. Yeah. But um, to work on something like that, that I can start throwing into orders as people order so they can just smell different things. And then you'll be able to kind of get what it is without having to actually, you know, have it um, have a storefront. Um, the other thing has been just trying to expand my wholesale um, options and get into more stores so that I can still be available to customers, but I don't carry the overhead of it. Mm -hmm. It'll be on the retailer that we're in. So we're in about 10 different locations around the city here, but I'm looking to expand that to, you know, some other cities and get us in a more national uh, platform. I love it. You savvy businesswoman. That's great. I know. I'm I've had I'm I've trying. had some uh I've purchased some candles from small shops that will give you like a one ounce sample. Yes. Um yes. I did buy. order some tea lights. Yeah. To yeah, try that with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, I'm gonna try to pour some tea lights. I was I bought them, but I didn't pour them because I was like, I need to get my sense down. But now that I've gotten it down to just 30, um, I said I was gonna pour like a bunch of tea lights of every scent and then just throw them in with the orders. So if you yeah. make an order you get a free tea light and it'll just uh -huh. kind of open people up to smell things that they may have not even tried to order before because they were unsure of it. I love it. And I think doing that, then, you know, if you do that, then you don't even really have to have the storefront because people can still yeah. get to experience yeah. it. And, you know, it's there. Cause I mean, there's a lot of other candle companies that don't have storefronts. They're selling yeah. strictly, you know, online or um, through other retailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the best selling scent? My best selling scent is going to be one of two. It'll be uh, Voodoo Spell, which is <laughs> what I, the candle that I gave to Beyonce. Um, <laughs> or I find that a lot of people pick French Quarter Beignet because it's safe. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's like if you look at it, you say, okay, I know what that smells like. Yeah. 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 You don't even have to really look at the scent description. You kind of know what that smells uh, like. I think yeah. you can order it because it's safe. Um, and we were actually featured in 2020, um, Oprah's favorite candle list. We mm -hmm. were featured in that. And that was the, the picture of the candle that they used, was the French Quarter Beignet. 
So I, I think we sold so many based on that. People just automatically ordered that scent. Bought that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are two very New Orleanian names. Yeah. Yeah. They are. So they are. I mean, all of them are, but I think especially if you were a tourist, those would be two like souvenir type. Yes. And that's what we like if we when we do things for people like conventions coming into town, they will pick more of the like more New Orleans y names. Yeah, sure. So they'll yeah. usually always pick French Quarter Beignet. They'll pick Namaste and Nola. That's another one they always pick. <laughs> The Voodoo Spell is another one that they always pick. The Big Easy, um, mm. the Fleur de Lis, yeah. another one. Um, because those are like um, Sleepless and Nola is another one that oh, always cute. comes out. Yeah. Um, and I named it that because it's lavender and chamomile Ooh. and vanilla. So it's like, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's like those things usually do stand out because they're like, you can't mistake it, New Orleans. Some of them, unless you're actually from here, where it's Chapatulas. Yeah. You don't really know Chapatulas because you're not from here, but people that are here, <laughs> they know, you know. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I, I feel like New Orleans is one of those places that even when you're not from here, people know New Orleans. Like, mm. you know, you've oh, either yeah. visited, you've you've had the food, you've developed some type of love or adoration for the city. So I felt like I wanted that to be my muse when it came to my candles. Yeah, no, I think that's smart. I've never, a lot of times whenever I'm traveling and I don't feel like explaining, like now that I'm in Austin, that's a lot easier. But whenever I was in Baton Rouge, yes. I didn't feel like explaining like what Baton Rouge was. I would just tell people I was from New Orleans because I've never right. met them. It's easier. Yeah, no <laughs> one's ever said, what's New Orleans? You know, like right. everyone knows I mean, New Orleans. I, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. I actually live in Destrahan. Yeah, Which right. is, see, I'm from New Orleans. I just <laughs> from New Orleans. Now, when I'm talking to people in New Orleans, I say right. I live in Destrahan. Right. Right, yeah. right. Because people in New Orleans will check you. You are I not going to say, say yeah, yeah. They will not let you claim it if they can hear yes. a slight. They will not let you claim your it. accent. Uh, you are not. Yes, <laughs> you are not. They will not let you claim it. So I and I was born in Charity Hospital, which is in New Orleans, but still, okay. I still okay. cannot claim New Orleans because <laughs> no, That's no. Oh my God! Well, Tiffany, we. Yes. I said it was going to be short and sweet, but we had too much fun talking to you. I so know. I know. I had a great time as well. Good. I'm so excited. Good. Thank you so much for, for coming, even though your your husband is on the mend, and we, we hope he recovers fully and quickly. Yes, he's actually sleeping. I think the pain is. <laughs> he's out. <laughs> good, good. Well, he's last out. question is, where can the people find you online? Ah. Yes, so we are on Facebook and Instagram at Wixnola504. So it's W-I-C-K-S-N-O-L-A 504. Twitter, we are at Nola Wix. I tried to get Wixnola, but it was taken. So yeah. um, we're at Nola Wix on Twitter. Um, and our website is shopwixnola.com. Got it. And I'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you. Oh, Twitter. No, it's no TikTok as well. With no oh, 504. All right. Yeah. TikTok is hard. <laughs> I forget. I know. I, it's like I keep thinking, am I just that old? TikTok, no. just, I just can't get it. 
is difficult. It is really difficult. I mean, it's I still difficult. share, but I'm I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. This is what I need to hire a social media person because uh-huh. that's the one I don't get. I do well with everything else, but TikTok, yeah. I just don't do well with it. You and me both. I struggle with TikTok for sure. Oh my God. All right. Well, have a good night. I hope your husband y'all is too. good. And thank it y'all was a so pleasure. much. Yeah. It was. It was. Thank y'all so much. I really appreciate you um even reaching out and inviting us to um spend some time with y'all. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And we we'll keep spreading the good word. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you. Thank yep. y'all so much. You go. Have it. a good night. Bye, Tiffany. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulia7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at Yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour, or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.